0: Welcome to The Weekly Lisa, the podcast that covers everything. Hi, and welcome to The Weekly Lisa. I'm Lisa. Now this week we're going to talk about your thyroid. Now this is a gland in your body that produces hormones. We are going to go into it a bit in a bit more depth. A lot of people really struggle to understand what an overactive and an underactive thyroid actually do for the body, or what a standard thyroid that works normally does for the body. So a friend of mine mentioned that maybe putting a blog post, blog, I'm doing it again, podcast together um, regarding the thyroid and a little bit more of understanding. Maybe this might help other people. So we're going to start with the basics of what your thyroid is. Now, there is two really long worded names for thyroid hormones that are released you are going to forgive after forgive me because i'm going to struggle with these but i'll try my best so the thyroid gland is a gland in your neck now it's a butterfly shaped gland that actually sits in front of your windpipe now it secretes two hormones two different hormones into the bloodstream. now one is thyroxine which is classed as t4 and the other one is triodothian something or other t3 please don't ask me to say that again because i'll never get that out again and i don't even think that was right now these hormones are necessary for all the cells in your body to work normally so obviously if your thyroid doesn't work properly then i'm guessing you know you've seen where this is going i'm sure it tells me that the hormones that should be releasing aren't being released into the body Now it's a very, very common thing um, in women, but men do get it as well. And apparently men, teenagers, children and babies can get it as well, can be affected. So it's apparently one in about 20 people have some kind of thyroid disorder. Now it can be temporary or it can be permanent. So the T3 hormone actually influences the metabolism of your body cells now this regulates the speed of the cells and obviously how fast they work to metabolize the food that you're eating Um, now here's the most important thing if you've got an overactive thyroid and this is just in a nutshell people basically it secretes too many hormones all at once so it's like a like a complete you know dump of hormones into your body which can increase your heart rate for instance um, and it it can also I hate saying this word it can also change the frequency of your bowel movements just what I really wanted to know about or even cause diarrhea obviously if that happens and it's constantly happening then obviously you should seek medical advice straight away now on the other hand there is the opposite end of the scale where it's not working fast enough. Now it obviously it slows the cells and organs in your body down um, and it even slow it can even slow it can even slow your heart rate down as well. Um, which means obviously again back to the 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 poop um, it can actually slow down your intestines and make them work really sluggly, sluggish, sluggish. God, that word's hard to get out. Sluggish, um, and you can also be constipated as well. So again, if this keeps happening, there may well be a problem with thyroid. Just get it checked out by your doctor, obviously. So the two words for this is hypothyroid and hypothyroidism. So the ism i'm looking i'm trying to work this out the ism is slower the roid is faster so hypothyroid is where it, it's running too fast and the hypothyroidism is when it's running too slow so if you've got hypothyroidism the symptoms that you may experience is tiredness feeling cold weight gain poor concentration. Um, you can also get um, weight loss, heat intolerance well that's me permanently anyway, anxiety and it can also cause gritty eyes Um, now apparently uh, there are very few symptoms well that wasn't a few symptoms was it, that was quite a lot Um, but your doctor can do a blood test that can actually confirm or deny whether you actually have a thyroid disorder I didn't realise that and um, so it's quite a lot to take in when you've got an underactive thyroid i didn't realize this so that's an underactive thyroid let's see what the symptoms are for an overactive thyroid so we have an overactive thyroid which is called thyroidism you'll have to forgive me i know that sounds like i'm i'm kind of talking to you like a child but it's getting the word out for me and an underactive thyroid so the symptoms for an overactive thyroid can be nausea, anxiety, and irritability, mood swings, difficulty sleeping, persistent tiredness or weakness, or and and or weakness, sensitivity to heat, swelling in your neck, all oh, right. Apparently that could be the enlarged thyroid gland swelling, and irregular. Or unusual fast heart rate twitching or trembling weight loss okay the rest of the symptoms I got to get rid of off. But give me the weight loss that might be good not that I'm agreeing to have thyroidism I'm just saying might be an easy way of losing weight now let's go to an over was that an overactive thyroid? I've just told you because my brain's completely just shut down on me. So let's go to an underactive thyroid now and let's see what the symptoms of that are. Ah, now, so looking at these symptoms, seems to be the polar opposite, obviously. So the common symptoms for underactive thyroid are tiredness, being sensitive to the cold, weight gain, constipation, can cause depression, slow movements and thoughts, muscle ache and weakness muscle cramps, dry and scaly skin, brittle hair and nails, loss of libido, pain, numbness or tingling sensation in the hands and fingers. So apparently that that one particularly is also a suspect when being looked at for carpal tunnel syndrome and irregular or heavy periods. Now apparently elderly people are renowned for having underactive thyroids um, and this can cause memory problems and depression Um, and in children an underactive thyroid affects the growth and development Um, and in teenagers it can affect the puberty whether it becomes earlier or later which is kind of extreme. a thyroid wasn't something I've ever actually looked into. And after my friend asked me to, um, it's actually given me a great sense of scope of what this might be. Now, if I can create a podcast that actually makes people understand what a thyroid is, what it does, and how it actually affects your life on a day-to-day basis, then, you know, if this helps one person, then I've done my job, haven't I? And... Um, but again it's it's definitely opened my eyes to to something different so for women um the thyroid gland actually aids in regulating me- the menstrual cycle which mine's out the window so have i got a problem with my thyroid i don't think it's ever been checked you know now i'm thinking about it now women are particularly more prone to developing hypothyroid thigh- Hypothyroidism, Um, especially in those over the age of 60, which is nice, I guess. Take that bit out, Lisa. Now, according to this, and this is a a bit of a strange piece of information, um, race and ethnicity... Oh, my God. I'll try that word again in a minute. Race and ethnicity... What is that word? take out the last part, Lisa. Race and ethnicity can play a role in thyroid disorders. For example, women of Jewish descent are more, more almost twice as likely as other women to have thyroid complications related to an overactive immune system. Ah, okay. As I've said before, If you think you've got a thyroid problem, take yourself to your GP. Um, Just because it is as simple as a blood test. That's all it is, as simple as a blood test to see whether your thyroid is overactive, underactive or normal. Um, There is something called thyroid nodules. Um, Now these are found via CT and MRI scans, um, which I'm guessing is very similar to, um, there could possibly be cancerous nodules, or um, non-cancerous nodules. So apparently, if people have got a family history of thyroid problems, then they are at risk. That's pretty much standard, and that's what I'd expect. Women over the age of 60 are also at an increased risk. Um, and the other one is if you are type 1 diabetic you're also at a higher risk of developing thyroid disease now obviously i've never been tested for thyroid disease it's not something that's ever actually come up in conversation with my doctor now here's my thought i feel like jerry springer final thought but that's obviously jerry springer's been off the air for years but if, if you understand who Jerry Springer is, you'll know exactly what I mean by that statement. If a thyroid puts hormones into your body, surely it should be more understood. Now, I've I've read an absolute junk load of information in the last 12 hours regarding the thyroid. And a lot of it didn't make sense to me the words half the words for the names of the hormones well the two particular hormones i I couldn't even say you would think they would put it in plain and english and easy to understand for people and this is what this is my problem this is a medical condition that a lot of people seem to suffer with yet you google the information and i know they should they say you should never google your symptoms because i'm pretty more pretty much sure that google's going to tell you you're dead but this should be this should be widely understood and the information should be broken down into simple facts, simple symptoms. Yes, all right, I know that the symptoms aren't always the same in every person and I I do understand that because no two people are the same, including twins. They are not the same. They will react differently to different things, just saying. But... I think there should be somewhere in this, you know, whether it may be the NHS or whatever, but there should be a point where you can go to and actually look up a disease like thyroid disease and it give you the plain and simple facts, the plain and simple symptoms that you're going to get, the how it's detected, obviously it's detected via a blood test, what the treatments are obviously we know that's going to be medication but what type of medications what's the side effects of their medications it should be widely understood and easily understood for people like me that need it in black and white so to speak obviously most of you if you've already listened to the dyslexia one you'll know that i have to use yellow paper but my point is i don't always use yellow paper anyway it should be in black plain english black and white for people that have got this disease to understand what their body is going through that's it plain and simple. it should be plain and simple and it never is when it comes to a medical condition it never ever is and it it drives me mad it baffles me if you go to a doctor and they tell you like my doctor told me i had pcos and i looked at him and i said what he said you got peace p c o s i said what is that and he said, in a nutshell, it's too many male hormones in your body, but you've actually got polycystic ovary syndrome. Uh, okay, that's new. Well, what do I deal with? What would I do with that? Well, you don't do anything. And I went on like everybody else. I did the dreaded thing of googling what it was. After, if you if you've listened to the podcast about me having polycystic ovary syndrome, you'll know that it devastated me um, for a long time but anyway we're not talking about that now go and listen to that podcast people go and listen um but my point is i had no idea what i'd been diagnosed with the doctor told me next to nothing apart from the fact that i had too many male hormones and that i might never have children of my own that was pretty much it not the fact that i was going to suffer with pains to the point that i would scream out because they were so painful The fact that my husband would try to ring an ambulance because he was so scared because he didn't know what to do to help me. Or the fact that I could grow a moustache and a beard better than any man. I wasn't told any of this. And this is what I'm saying. You Google your symptoms. Holy crap, you can scare the shit out of yourself. You really can. And that's what I didn't want to do. So I kept it quite light. And it took me a long time to, to put... set of symptoms together from different sources and i i went into medical journals and things like that. but i shouldn't have to do that if my doctor tells me i've got a disease or i've got a problem i've got a medical condition he should tell me or at least give me some information there and then on what is wrong with me but that information should be basic easy to understand Because I am not going to sit there and read a medical document, which incidentally I have done over the years, and understand it all. And I still to this day don't understand it. There's words I even have to Google because I can't even see them. Who came up with the longest words in history? I do not know. It was obviously doctors of some sort. But my point is there should be a basic understanding for those that are suffering with this, with any condition. And this is what I think the NHS really need to do. They need to put a database together with basic, easy-to-understand dummy guides. That, and so I'm not calling anybody a dummy, but I think a dummy guide is the easiest thing to understand ever. And I think this is what needs to be done. Especially when it comes to something you've got and you don't understand. Anyway... I have said my piece, I've chatted for a while, It's extre- I'm extremely tired today, so I'm surprised I've actually done this podcast, but I like doing them because I like talking, I don't like listening to my own voice, but I like talking, anyway, I'm going to leave it there for today, have a wonderful week, and I'll see you again next week, bye for now.